Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, I have something special for you. Neo-folk and progressive bluegrass sensation Jamie Stone and the Lomax Project recorded live here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, featuring Jamie, Moira Smiley, and champion fiddler Tristan Claridge. Also, interviews with Jamie about his music and the ambitious Lomax Project. Down in the vault, Mark Jones offers an archival recording of Ozark original Mona Fay Moody performing the traditional song, I Never Will Marry. And our friend Charlie Sandage will continue his story about America's first national river. All that this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Two-time Juno Award-winning banjoist and composer Jamie Stone makes music inspired by sounds from around the world, bridging folk, jazz, and chamber music. Stone is a passionate educator, producer, and instigator. His Lomax project focuses on songs collected by folklorist and field recording pioneer Alan Lomax. This collaboration brings together distinctive and creative roots musicians to revive, recycle, and reimagine traditional music. Collaborators on this particular live show include Moira Smiley and Tristan Claridge. Here's some fine traditional tunes from the Lomax Project. Yeah, you know, because what, what happened was a lot of the early songs 
they they sort of have rattled around the our cultural stratosphere and and people keep doing and redoing them and you know for good reason you know they were yeah. they were chosen because they were amazing songs you know john henry and um you know uh salt creek and and any of these songs that everybody knows um but of course for every one of those uh was you know a hundred others um that may or may not have been recorded um and and a lot of times it was just the early ones that got out and started circulating during the you know, late 1950s, early 60s folk revival. Um, but uh, um, it's nice to go back and dust off some of the more uh, unsung heroes of the collection and the more understudied sounds. That's what gets me excited. Yeah, yeah. Put them back into circulation. It was actually the cumulative effect of there being so many. Um, I've been playing banjo for almost 22 years now, and 
when I started, I used to listen to a lot of field recordings. Even though I have a more modern sensibility, I love going back to the roots um, and, and at least starting there. And slowly it dawned on me how much music and how many songs that I and my community of people knew because Alan had really uh, captured them in his uh, prolific 60 years making field recordings. And then um, I read John Swed's incredible biography, Alan Lomax, The Man Who Recorded the World, and it just kind of like connected all the dots, you know, all the lights went on and I realized how many things that I hadn't even realized came from him, you know, early Woody Guthrie recordings and Lead Belly and Muddy Waters and um, so many, many, many people. And, and so I have a great love of collaboration and I wanted to explore the collection more as I was learning about it. And so I put together this project as a way to do just that. And I brought together this little gathering of musicians and uh, that's what's turned into this long rambling touring recording um, project that is the Lomax Project.
Well, everyone really is its own story. They're as unique as finding the tunes and the people who made them. Um, so some of them were very much my creations, like the arrangement of Shenandoah. Um, I sort of brought that in, you know, fairly fully developed. Um, and some of them were done very much collaboratively. Old Paint was the first one we ever did. We had a, a little gathering. I called it a collaboratory where I brought together uh, early people involved in the project about three years ago. Um, and Margaret had, you know, rewritten the verse in the way that you hear it, and, and that was it. Um, and so we all kind of jumped in. Uh, Tim O'Brien, who sings on the record, you know, um, uh, sort of pastiche together some lyrics from different versions and um, you know we all kind of um, tried everything we could laid it out on the table and then kind of recollected it in the sort of bricolage that you hear and you know we tried to be fresh with each one so some of them didn't need much um, and others are radically changed you know um, and and so uh, I kind of like that uh, open-endedness of the project
Jamie Stone and the Lomax Project, recorded at the Ozark Folk Center in Mountain View, Arkansas, featuring Jamie along with Tristan Claridge and Moira Smiley. You heard Susan Anagal, Goodbye Old Paint, Shenandoah, and Virginia Reel. I'll be playing lots more good music by the Lomax Project, but after this break, I think I'll head down to the vault to visit with my old pal Mark Jones. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Well, I thought I might go down and visit with Mark Jones, who keeps track of all of our musical recordings that we've been doing for over 40 years down here at the Ozark Folk Center. We keep them lined up on shelves down in the vault, and Mark spends a lot of time down there looking around at it. Let's see what's going on down there this week. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dave. How are you? Well, I'm all right. You know, let's, let's try something here. Okay. Let's play uh, Music Roulette. I'm just going to reach up here, and I'm going to grab something off the shelf. Okay. And, and let's listen to it. We'll Let's see how it goes here. Let me borrow your stool here. Okay. All right. All right. Got it. This one. What is it? Mona Faye Moody. Mona Faye Moody of the Moody family, I remember Mona That's Faye. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Her son, Greg, uh, is still playing music up in Branson, isn't he? Greg's still playing and uh, doing real well. It works about four different shows a day. Well, he's got the music in his blood, I guess, he from that sure family, is. huh? The, the, the Moody family had a lot of music in them. And also, Mona Faye's family, who she was a Richardson, they had a lot of music that ran deep in their veins, too. I can't read this. What? You, your eyes are better accustomed to the dim light down here. What's this say? What is this tune? I Never Will Marry. Aha. I think it's an old Carter tune, I'll bet. I think it is. Well, let's listen to it. All right. Some say that love's a gentle thing, but it's only brought me pain. For the only to live single all the days of my life the train pulled out the whistle blew with a long and a lonesome moan 
expect to live single all the days of my life. Well, that's nice to hear. Kind of brings back memories of Mona Faye. That was what, from about 1977, wouldn't you say? It was. Well. It was. Well, Mark, thank you very much. That, that was kind of fun, just picking something at random off the shelf. Well, thank you, Dave. That works good for me. We'll have to try that again. I'll All see right. you. All right. Let's get back to more good music from Jamie Stone and the Lomax Project. Jamie was accompanied on this show by two outstanding musicians. Moira Smiley is a singer and composer who creates and performs new work for voices. Her voice and composing are heard on feature films, BBC and PBS television programs, NPR, and on more than 60 albums. Tristan Claridge is a five-time Grand National Fiddle Champion and a pioneering cellist. He's toured the world with bluegrass sensation Crooked Still, Daryl Anger's Republic of Strings, and many others. Here he is fiddling with the Lomax Project.
Au revoir, nous finis dans ce... Um, and, and of course, he was in the right place at the right time. You know, well, Thomas, Thomas Edison in 1933 had just invented the, you know, first the wax disc cutter and then the portable acetate disc cutter, um, which allowed you, you know, the ability to traipse out, uh, you know, through the backwoods and, and capture this music that uh, otherwise um, wasn't being heard, you know. Um, commercial recordings in the radio were, you know, beginning to catch on and Alan in a way felt like he was in a race against that. He had a kind of romantic ideal that he could, um, you know, capture what he liked to call music with the bark still on and, and uh, find songs that were untainted by popular culture, um, which turned out not to be the case Truly, I mean, it's this is kind of a complicated thing, um, but he he had this ideal of what he was looking for, and and in some ways he did find it, but in other ways he also curated in order to find that, you know. You must answer my questions nine, sing nine and nine and ninety, or you're not gods, you're one of mine, and you were the weavers, Bonnie. What is whiter than the milk? Sing 99 and 90 And what is softer than silk And you were the weavers, Bonnie Snow is whiter than the milk Sing 99 and 90 And down is softer than the silk And I am the weavers, Bonnie What is higher than a tree Sing 99 and 90 And what is deeper than the sea and you were the weavers, Bonnie. Heaven is higher than a tree. Sing 99 and 90. And hell is deeper than the sea. And I am the weavers, Bonnie. What is louder than a horn? Sing 99. He's likely the most prolific uh, recorder and preserver of traditional music, um, certainly in this country. Um, and also, he traveled the world um, collecting elsewhere. Um, and, you know, he had 
a real vision and a work ethic um, to match. Uh, I mean, in 1962, he ostensibly went on vacation um, to Kariaku, this little far-flung island in the Caribbean. Um, and I'm sure he did uh, no lying on the beach because he came back with, you know, hundreds of hours of um, recordings. Um, and so he was just like that. He never, ever, ever stopped working. I, I think he was a very difficult man to be close to. Um, he was married several times. And, and you know, the, his main passion was really uh, preserving the music he felt really passionate about.
Some more good tunes from Jamie Stone's Lomax Project. We heard the French-Canadian fiddle tune, Mouen Pas Danse, The Devil's Nine Questions, Bonaparte's Retreat, and Julie and Joe. I'll be back in a minute with more good music from the Lomax Project. And our friend Charlie Sandage will continue his story about America's first national river. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Author, folklorist, and songwriter Charlie Sandage continues our celebration of 50 years of the Buffalo National River. Here's Charlie. In our series about the 50th anniversary of the creation of the Buffalo National River, part of our national park system, we've gone from limestone understructure to forested bluffs, from tiny perch darters to elk and black bear, and from solitary winter canoe runs to summers when more than a million and a half visitors have found their way to this park. After finishing our list of interviews for all this, we decided to circle back to ranger interpreter Kevin Middleton and ask him to give us a kind of summary tour, a review of places he would put on the you shouldn't miss this list. After reminding us that the park has 135 miles of such places, he agreed to select a few beginning in the Upper River section of the park's jurisdiction, focusing on hiking, camping, and historical spots. The river and its canoeing, swimming, fishing, and simply being there connects them all. The first place that I suggest people go if they want to hike a little bit, it's called Lost Valley. It's uh, probably our most popular hiking trail. It's a trail that's fairly friendly uh, to most anybody that can hike. It's roughly uh, two miles long. Uh, Basically, you go up and come back. But it has a lot of features in in a short area. Um, It's got a natural bridge with water flowing through it. There's a spring in the natural bridge. You can climb. If you're a little bit adventurous, you can climb up through the natural bridge and come out the other side. Uh, There's a beautiful pool of water down below that lots of the kids like to splash around in, especially... Uh, in the summer when it's nice and warm, the water's always cool there. Uh, it gets even more rugged as you make your way up past the natural bridge uh, to one of the biggest features of, of the trail is called Eden Falls. It's about a 50-foot waterfall. It's actually bigger than that. It's in several sections. You can't see all of them from uh, one spot. And it's right at the edge of a huge shelter cave called Cobb Cave. It's absolutely the biggest one I know of. Um, The native peoples lived in in that uh, cave for thousands of years. It's called Cobb Cave because it was full of corn cobs. That was one of their main food sources. 
There's one more at the very end, the very top of the hiking trail, is Eden Falls Cave. It's the only natural cave that's open on the Buffalo River, and anybody can go in there as long as you have a flashlight. Um, you can go back in the cave for about five to ten minutes. There's a round room back there with about a 25 to 30 foot waterfall. So, if um, if someone wants to, their first wild caving experience, uh, Eden Falls Cave is, is the place to see it. It's it's quite a sight as you get back uh, away from daylight and it gets completely dark and you work your way back to that round room and uh, you see that waterfall pouring out of the ceiling and uh, there's mist and, and the water's splashing and you can't really hear each other. It's so loud. So it's quite an experience. Depending on the season, spring wildflowers and fall colors are a bonus at Lost Valley. Then, a ways on down the river, um, a place that uh, it, it may not be for everybody because it, it, it's a, a bit of a tougher hike, but it is one of the most impressive views on the whole river, and it's a place called the Goat Trail on Big Bluff. Big Bluff is the tallest bluff on the upper river, about 550 feet. And the Goat Trail is, a, is a, what it says. It's a trail that goes across the face of that bluff about 350 feet above the river. Um, you hike down the Center Point Trail um, to get there. The Center Point Trail used to be an old road. Uh, many people lived off down uh, the Center Point Road. There was a school called the Center Point School down there. There's a famous cabin called Granny Henderson's Cabin. She lived for most of her life down um, on, on this road. So about three miles down there, you drop close to a 1,000 feet, not, not really quite that much. But then you will walk through a, a stand of old ashes, juniper, that look a lot like cedar trees as you get to the bluff. And then all of a sudden the, the view opens up, and it's an expansive view. You can see both up and down the river, several bluffs in each direction. You can see down below um, there's an old cabin um, on, on the other side of the river down below. But it's mainly the view that people go out there to enjoy. And you can walk all the way across the bluff. There's one area where the, it gets down to about a yard wide, so it, it gets fairly narrow. I tell people if uh, a narrow, high place like that bothers them, so it's usually best to just stop and, and go back where it's a little wider. Um, the view's beautiful everywhere. But it's it, it it it's an incredible experience to walk all the way across that bluff, and then look back and see what you've just walked walked across, and um, the, you got the name as the Goat Trail because many years ago there were goats, uh, wild goats that people had let loose over the years that hung out um, along that trail, and actually many years ago kids walked across that trail to go to school to the Center Point School. So there's a bit of history that goes with that. But mostly now, it's just all the folks wanting to go um, down there and see one of the most beautiful views anywhere up and down the Buffalo. And then one of the more intriguing names in the entire park. Okay, the next place we're headed is called Hemden Hollow. And what it is is the tallest waterfall between 
the Appalachian Mountains and the Rocky Mountains. Depending on, on what you read, it's uh, roughly 200 feet tall. Some um, sources put it at 204, 208. Um, it's been measured at all of those things. But needless to say, that's that's taller than most waterfalls in the Ozarks and, in fact, taller than all the waterfalls in, 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 uh, between the Appalachians and the Rockies. So it's quite a place to see. It's um, surrounded uh, really by a rock amphitheater, I would call it, and the water spills over the edge. And on most days, it's not a huge volume waterfall. It's just a beautiful ribbon of water, and if the wind's blowing, it blows it, and it circles around and, and just blows from one side to the other. It can move 50 or 60 feet, just depending on how the wind blows it. So it's almost like a just a magical stream of water if you're down below looking up at it. But it is a very strenuous hike. It's one of the most strenuous hikes in the park. It's only about five miles round trip, but in those five miles you drop down about 1,200 feet, uh, which means you have to come back up that 1,200 feet. Uh, there's one section of that trail that, that's very, very steep. So it's not maybe for everybody to do the hike. The good thing is that it also can be accessed from the river. So if you're floating the river between Steel Creek and Kyle's Landing, um, you can take out, uh, there is a small sign, usually there's lots of boats there because many people like to do it, and you can take out and hike up to the waterfall. It's not very steep, and it's about a half-mile hike, so um, you can just go from the river up to see the waterfall, hike back to your boat, and go on down to your destination. Between you and me, I'm more inclined to take the short run up from the river. At this point, we would be leaving the upper river and moving down to the middle section. We'll save that for the next installment. Kevin will be waiting for us. Thanks, Charlie. I'm really happy that musicians like Jamie Stone are keeping alive the music that was recorded so long ago by Alan Lomax. If Lomax had not utilized the early recording technology like he did, many of these songs and tunes would have been lost forever. This fits right in with our mission here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, to keep the old music, traditions, and folklore of the Ozark Mountains alive. Let's close this week's show with more good old tunes from the Lomax Project. There you There is more love somewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, as you have seen here, you know, it's alive and kicking. Um, and people are doing amazing things and have, uh, I think, more than ever or as much as ever a really good sense of the history on the one hand and open-mindedness uh, and willingness to explore you know the fringes of the music and the um, sometimes disparate connections that you can make to other kinds of music and and have a a lot of the younger musicians that I gravitate towards and and am seeing you know have a good perspective on that on how those things can go together and you know the the sort of aesthetic compass that you need to be able to be a modern person and 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 um, be able to choose wisely amongst all of the options of what to listen to and what to be influenced by so yeah I, I'm I, f I feel like we're definitely in a, a golden era for this music and uh, it's a good thing so it goes like this I want to hear somebody pray I want to hear somebody pray down in the valley over yonder i want to hear somebody pray you want to try it with me so first and the second line are so similar and then we go down in the valley over yonder and then the next line is just like the first so I want to hear somebody pray. I want to hear somebody pray down in the valley over yonder. I want to hear somebody pray again. I want to hear somebody pray. I want to hear somebody pray down in the valley over yonder i want to hear somebody pray
One more time. Oh, I want to hear somebody pray. Oh, I want to hear somebody pray down in the valley over yonder. I want to hear somebody pray. Thank you. Once again, Maura Smiley, Tristan Claridge. My name is Jamie Stone. This is the Lomax Project. Thanks for listening, and we'll yeah, see you next thank time. You. Thank you for having us. Jamie Stone, Maura Smiley, and Tristan Claridge of the Lomax Project playing There Is More Love Somewhere and an old gospel song, I Want to Hear Somebody Pray. Thanks for listening this week. You can learn more about us and listen to past shows at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. And you can find us on Facebook, too. For all of us here at Ozark Highlands Radio, I'm Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Mm-hmm.